the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As you evaluate your life, if things were to end today, and as crazy as our world is, we should all be wondering, am I ready? If things were to end today, do you know for certain, do you know with confidence that you would spend eternity in the presence of the Almighty God? Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. We're living in a day where there is anger, anger, anger all around. And it's like that it's just raising our blood pressure. In fact, one of our members was just having some blood pressure challenges and he had not had those before. So he he went to the doctor in the last couple of weeks. And you know what the doctor asked him after checking everything else? Are you watching the news? He said, yeah, every, every night. She said, stop it at least for a week and come see me. You know, he went to see her after a week not watching the news. His blood pressure was down. Some of you just need to step away. Some of you need to take a social media fast. Some of you may need to disconnect your cable. Do whatever it takes to not get controlled by this anger. I love this quote. It says, anger is an acid that can do more harm in the vessel in which it is stored than in anything in which it is poured. Proverbs 14, 29 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he, with a hasty temper, exalts folly. Somebody put that this way, temper is a great thing. It's a shame to lose it. Psalms 103, verse 8 says, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in steadfast love. If we're to be godlike, if we're to reflect Christ, then Scripture is teaching us we better be slow in how we get angry because that's the way God treats us. That's why Paul would say to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Don't let it get to that place where it just resides and, and, and sits and stores up. So some of you, some of you just need to pause. And it's okay if you just zone out on me for a second because you've gotten so angry. Everybody around you can tell it. It's, it's coming out in everything you say and everything you touch. It's hurting you. It's hurting the people around you. And you just need to, if you're a Christ follower, you just need to take a moment right now, right where you are and just say, oh God, forgive me. Take away this resentment, this bitterness, this deep-seated anger in my heart. There are things, yes, that should cause righteous indignation in our lives. We should look at some of the things we see in society, and it should make us angry. 
but it should never lead us to sin in our relationships with others. I love what Bono said about this. We must be careful in our efforts to confront the monster, not to ourselves become the monster. Some of you are looking a lot like a monster, and we need to confess that before the Lord. It's a pretty simple plan, isn't it? Be careful as a listener. Be cautious as a speaker. And be controlled as a responder. But remember, James is really giving this in the context of the word of God. So when you open God's word, make sure you're taking it in. When you open God's word, make sure you're listening to God more than you're just telling him what you need or what you want or what you think. When you open God's word, don't get angry when you, when you feel convicted. Don't say, yeah, but, or God, you don't understand, or the circumstances demanded it. No, that's not how we respond. But it's hard, isn't it? And so, James continues. Notice what he says. Verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. He says, yeah, there's a plan that everybody can follow, but there are problems that everyone will face. The plan, it it deals with our habit. The problems, it deals with our hangups. Raise your hand if you've got hangups in your life. If you're not raising your hand, that's one of your hangups. It's called pride. We all have hangups in our life, those things that keep us from doing what we know we should do. The Bible also refers to this as sin. And so James describes it. He he calls it filthiness and and rampant wickedness. In the the apostle Paul Purvis's translation, I would call it wax and weeds. Because that that filthiness, that first word he used, it's the same word that would be used to describe, get ready, because this grosses you out, earwax. Now, what can earwax keep you from doing? Hearing. Isn't it interesting? The Bible's very descriptive. He, he says, so get rid of that wax. And then he said, get rid of the weeds. Now, I never thought I'd have to do this from the pulpit, but let me c- clarify. I, I'm not talking about the kind of weed that you smoke. I'm talking about the weed that gets in the way of your garden. I'm not much of a gardener, but I understand this because I grew up in my parents' home where they planted gardens every year. And one of my responsibilities was to weed the garden. And so I'd go out around the tomato plants or the watermelon plants or the butter bean plants, whatever it was that we were planting that year, the cucumber plants. And, and I would make sure the weeds were not coming in because if the weeds came into the garden, even though we had prepared the soil... Even though we had watered the plant, if the weeds came in, they would choke out the plant. Well, what's the plant? James is going to go on to say that what you're doing is you're guarding the word of God which has been implanted in you. But if the weeds come in, if that rampant wickedness comes in, it will keep God from growing in you what he wants to grow in you. 
In the Moffat translation, it says, clear away all the foul rank growth and make a soul of modesty for the word. He's saying these things keep you not only from listening, they keep you from receiving. So quick exercise, and then we're going to move to the last point. In your life, what's the wax? What are the weeds? What are the hang-ups? You need some help? So let's look at the flashy ones first. Maybe you're in an immoral relationship. Yep, that'll choke out the Word of God from having impact in your life. Maybe you've got uh, some bad addictions and that's, you could go the gambit there, right? You could, you could be addicted to alcohol. You could be addicted to drugs, prescription or otherwise. You, you could be addicted to pornography. You could be addicted to food. Us Baptists haven't talked a lot about that one. But you're, you're turning to something basically in an addiction to mask the pain so that you don't feel. The problem is it chokes out the Word of God too. And you don't feel what he wants you to feel. Maybe it's prejudiced. Maybe you're looking at a group of people differently. Maybe it's just this anger. And you need to ask God to get rid of you. So there's a plan that everybody can follow. Uh, there's, um, there are problems that we're all going to face. But then there's a pattern. A pattern for living that everyone can follow as well. Uh, Look at this from verse 22. But, so getting rid of this filthiness, getting rid of the rampant wickedness that chokes out the word, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and once forgets what it was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, what's the perfect law? That's, that's not a um, theoretical question. What's the perfect law? It's the word of God. I mean, he looks at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. Wherever you are, Raise your hand if you want to live a blessed life. Well, Scripture teaches that a key to living the blessed life is figuring out how to not just hear the Word of God that is being implanted in you, but to do the Word of God. How do you do that? Well, when there were weeds in our garden, one of the things we would do would be to put on a pesticide. And one of the things that is now determined to be a dangerous pesticide was called DDT. So I want to give you some DDT to help you get rid of the weeds. You know what it is? Daily devoted time. When you spend daily devoted time in the Word of God, that's going to help you get rid of the wax, get rid of the weeds, get rid of the things that are keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. James is saying there's two types of people in the world. There are hearers and doer. And according to Scripture, if you're not a doer, if you're just a hearer, you're deceiving yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're kidding yourself. 
You're not handling the truth well. I've told you before, no matter how much other people hurt you, no matter how others anger you, no one can hurt you like you can hurt you. And James is saying you're hurting yourself, you're deceiving yourself. He uses a word here that many of you can understand. It's the same word that we get the word audit from. You know that? You understand that? Not like an accounting audit, but like an educational audit. Did you know that you could go to USF or Hillsborough Community College? You could go to University of Tampa and, and audit a class. You know what that means? You sit in the class. You just listen to the teacher. You just take it all in. You feel so smart. But you know what happens at the end of the semester? Nothing. Nada. You don't get a grade. You don't pass the class. James is saying, if you're just a hearer, you're like the person who's audited the class. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says, the Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. You know what I've thought about? It's been 30 years since God called me to ministry, about 25 years since I've been preaching the gospel. I've preached to a lot of people that are just auditing. They've come and they're just hanging out. Man, this is good. Maybe even an occasional nod or an amen. But if you're not applying it, you're not getting the grade. And according to Scripture, you're not passing the class. You're just playing a game. God's Word says that is not good. So how do you know if you're auditing it? Well, he not only gives us that illustration in that Word, he gives us another illustration. And this is where it's going to get fun. So I'm going to need some class participation in just a moment. If you're at home, be prepared to participate as well. But here's what he says. If you're just one of those hearers, if you're an auditor, you're like this guy. You're like a man, and it's intentional, the word he uses. He doesn't use the Greek word to describe mankind. He uses the word to describe a man. He said, you're like a man. Now, why would he do this? Because there's difference between man and woman, right? You're about to see that. He said, you're like a man who looks in the mirror, walks up to the mirror, and then he turns away. And it's like he's forgotten what he's seen. Now, why is that? Let me see if I can illustrate this. Ladies, if you have a purse with you, 
Would you just take your purse into your hands right now? We don't have all day, so move quickly. If you have a purse with you, just take your purse into your hand. Now, if in your purse you have a mirror, if you have a mirror in your purse, would you just quickly take it out? Again, we don't have all day, but if you have a mirror in your purse, would you just take it out? Okay, if you've got that mirror in your purse, hold it in your hand. Now, I could have you stand up, but I'm not going to do that. But here's the reality. Many of you ladies I'm looking at, you have mirrors in your purse. Why? Because when you look at a mirror and a man looks at a mirror, we do two different things. When I look at a mirror, what's my goal? I just want to make sure I don't have something in my teeth. If it's a big mirror, I just want to make sure my zipper's zipped. I mean, I'm covering the basics. I'm taking a quick glance and then I'm turning away. Men glance at the mirror. Women gaze at the mirror. You're not going to leave the mirror until you get it right. You're going to hang out there. And by the way, we're grateful for that. That's a good thing. Can I get a witness, man? Amen. But, but the reality is we're different. And James says, you're like a man that's just glanced at the word. You didn't get anything out of it. You walked away. It's like you've even forgot what you saw. But what God wants you to do is to take the word and to gaze at it. And, and so gaze at it that what it reflects is God speaking back to you saying, this is how I see you. When you look at the mirror, you get a reflection of who you really are. When you dig into God's word, guess what? If you're receiving it, if you're not just a hearer, if you're receiving what God says, then... You get a picture of how he sees you. And that's who you really are. So you've got to decide. How am I looking at the mirror? What difference is God's word making in my life? Am I gazing in the perfect law, the law of liberty, the word of God? Or am I casually glancing? It's like the difference between taking a quick selfie and then going in for an MRI. When you get into the word, it, it, it goes to the, to the bone. It goes to the soul. That's why Peter, when he preached that first message on Pentecost, it says the hearers were cut. They were pierced. You know what we call that in church? Conviction. So here's the truth. Regardless of the preacher, regardless of the church, the style of music, If you're going to worship and the word of God is being taught, regardless of how interesting the communicator is, if the word of God is being preached and you don't walk away without some kind of conviction about how you need to look more like God, don't blame the preacher. Don't change the church. Go back and look in the mirror again and see what God is saying about who you really are. Let me see if I can give you some practical help and do that. There are five questions I would just ask you to ask yourself. Number one, when you read God's word, is there a lesson I need to learn? Number two, is there a blessing I need to enjoy? Number three, is there a command I need to obey? Number four, is there a sin I need to avoid? And then number five, is there a truth I need to apply? If you understand scripture that way, and every time you open it, open the Bible regardless of age, you look at those five questions, it'll make a difference in your life. One of my college friends just published his newest book. His name is Scott Sauls. The book is called A Gentle Answer. I've just 
dived into it, and I highly recommend it to you. In this book, he talks about the current climate in which we live and how the Christ follower should respond. And he tells a story that you may be familiar with. It's a story of the actor on Saturday Night Live, Pete Davidson, and Congressman Dan Crenshaw. You might remember Pete Davidson in one of Saturday Night Live skits was making fun of the then congressman-elect Dan Crenshaw because in battle he lost an eye and he wears a patch. And he said something like this. I guess he was in a war and lost his eye or something or another. And this comedian from Saturday Night Live began to receive all kind of backlash. The truth is, when something obvious is wrong, generally good people stand up. And so Pete Davidson became so down and depressed, so defeated, so angry at himself that he actually posted on Instagram that he was ready to give up. He didn't think life was worth living. But privately, Congressman Dan Crenshaw heard about this and he reached out to him. And he told him this. He said, hey, buddy, man, you need to, you need to stop. I forgive you. And by the way, you were made in the image of God. And he loves you. And he has a purpose for your life. And I want to see you live and, and fulfill that purpose. And they began a relationship, and actually Crenshaw ended up appearing on Saturday Night Live, and they kind of did a sketch and, and made up, and, and they thought the cameras were off and it was over, and Davidson turned to Crenshaw and he said, oh, you're such a good man. Why? Well, it's because in, instead of being quick to anger, he had a gentle answer. He was a listener who heard that he needed to respond and, and live out his faith. Do you need to do that? Are you handling the truth well? Are you going to be a hearer who forgets or a doer who acts? Do you really want to live the blessed life? If so, I want to challenge you today to pray this prayer. I gave it to you last week from the Psalms, Psalms 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. Would you pray that today? Would you cry out to God and pray that prayer to him? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting St. Francis wrote a prayer of peace that I think speaks to this. I think we could apply this as well. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me show love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.
Can you handle the truth? If you're a Christ follower, I really challenge you to pray those prayers today and ask God to show you what needs to be adjusted. But for some of you, I need, to underst- I need you to understand something before we leave. <laughs> the only way I can do what God wants me to do is to trust what he's already done. I'll never do what God wants me to do until I trust what he's already done. What did he do? Well, Jesus bore the anger of God so that you could be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Jesus died on the cross for your sin so that you could be forgiving and so that you could be a forgiver. Have you trusted what he's done for you? Have you come to that place where you've yielded control of your life? Could it be that all these years you've just been an auditor? You never really took the class. You never really applied the truth. If that's you, why not let today be the day of your salvation? Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, wherever we are. And if you've never begun that relationship with Christ, I'm going to invite you to invite him to take control of your life today. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhill.org. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.